A giant egg floats across the Pacific. An ancient foe rumbles beneath the earth. And reporters, businessmen, and little cuties are all caught in the crossfire. This is Kaiju vs. History, Mothra vs. Godzilla. Welcome back, Infant Highlanders, Happy Enterprisers, Kaiju Aficionados. This is your prehistoric pal, Patrick, and join me is my mystical man moth Miles. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing so good. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm living my best life right now. I mean, because I consistently remember how I felt just a few months ago, stuck <laughs> in the 1950s, much like Godzilla was stuck in the earth in this film. Yeah, why was he stuck in the earth? I, I, that, 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 that was the exact the exact question I had. I was, I was like, well, how did he get there? I was like, did I uh, forget a movie on the list? Because they're so good about like continuity between some of the others. He was in ice, you know, and well, I think also, Godzilla. like, didn't they say that they were like that place was being like drained? So maybe he that's where he fell in <laughs> Kong versus Godzilla. I, uh, honestly, I think they just felt like it. Um, well, it's, it's a cool scene and it's 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 worth it. Yes, yeah, indeed. I'm 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 doing great. And this is our first or our second God versus Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. And to me, I know that King Kong versus Godzilla has the pageantry because you have two titanic monsters, but for me, this is kind of the first definitive versus kaiju. It's so interesting. I I guess I thought it would have kind of a similar feel to King Kong versus Godzilla. It does not. This is a not, very a, not at all different not at all. movie. <laughs> Yeah, and this is just five short months after the release of Atragon in December of 63. They they pushed themselves for another huge matchup movie. And so storming into theaters, we saw the Japanese release of this in April 29th of 1964, which the week- springtime release. Yes, yeah, springtime release for Godzilla, which is very rare. And when this episode drops, if you're listening to this the week it comes out, this is going to be the 58th anniversary of the movie. This in like three or four days from when this episode releases. Just a a fun coinky dink. We did not play it that way, but I I enjoyed that when I saw that on our calendar. So this getting, getting real close to that 60 year anniversary in 2024. This is a movie that I have a a lot of interaction with this is the one that i i feel like really? was played the most on tbs and the sci-fi channel when i was younger I, I mean this is just i mean that that the plot of this movie is like burned into my brain as like your kind of the definitive godzilla versus plot for some reason i have seen this movie so many times and i always forget that i've seen it that's the <laughs> wild thing because I, I mean there's a, there's a handful of of films that have mothra in it there's a handful of Godzilla versus Mothra movies, but for whatever reason, I always think I haven't seen, or it's been so long since I've seen this one, and it's like, oh no, this is the one I've probably seen the most out of all of the Mothra-related films. I think this is visually a little distinct, because this is maybe the the largest we see Mothra. This is technically the Mothra from the movie Mothra in the the, the first hour of this this film. 
yeah, this this movie works as I mean, actually, I would really call it a a sequel or soft reboot for Mothra because Godzilla to me is the supporting character. This is a Mothra movie. I mean. Let's get to the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so before before we get into it, I was just kind of bantering a little bit beforehand. <laughs> How but dare yeah, you? T- t- <laughs> tell us, Patrick, what's in a title? Because I have one title that I distinctly remember growing up. Right. So this is Mothra versus Godzilla. Mothra gets top billing. The Japanese title as well, uh, Masura Tai Gojira. Mothra is the good guy. Mothra is the main character. And Mothra is probably as popular as Godzilla is at this point. It's it's so hard to think that there's a time when Godzilla wasn't the biggest kaiju. Well, ever. You know, you you mentioned something at the beginning of your of your of your your talk there that I mm-hmm. think hits the nail on the head is that Mothra is the hero. The hero gets top billing because this is the final film of the Showa era where Godzilla is strictly the antagonist. From here on out. It's Godzilla versus or Son of Godzilla or, you know, a handful of other titles, but Godzilla versus Gigan, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Godzilla versus Hedera, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that I, I think it's more that that Mothra gets top billing because she's the hero. K- King Kong got top billing because he was yeah. ostensibly the good guy character, even though he was whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he was the hero we all deserved. <laughs> and yeah, that was a soft reboot for King Kong. And uh, well, like you said, we got not one, but technically like three Mothra <laughs> kind of in this film. So I can, I can understand why they wanted to put Mothra first. Wasn't the first in all of the various title alternates alternatives throughout the world because of course here in the united states this movie came out i think the following year i want to say 1960 no this is one of the few godzilla movies that premiered the same year in japan and in the u.s i think it came out in november of Mm. 1964 the you know the next time when that would happen miles japanese kaiju film releasing same year in the u.s and japan Shin Godzilla. <laughs> really? Yes. It's hard to believe, but think I about feel like it. Final Wars got a DVD release at least. Oh, are we talking theatrical? Uh, I'm really only talking theatrical. It came out in November 25th, 1964. And interesting. We'll talk, it's a, it's another first later on. There's another Godzilla movie that comes out this year in Japan, which is crazy, right? But. Uh, yeah, so in the U.S. and U.K., this movie was called Godzilla versus The Thing, which <laughs> if it was like John Carpenter's thing. I, I oh wish my. it was Godzilla versus The Thing. That would be a wild movie. The Thing. Um, I remember seeing VHS tapes with that title. I, I think by the time I was you know, up and around, they had there was a little bit more knowledge of the Toho universe and stuff. And so yeah. a lot of those 90s VHSs and early 80s ones we're getting retitled. So when, I think the ones I saw was Godzilla versus Mothra. But I do remember yeah. seeing the poster of Godzilla versus well, the thing at old stores. Very specifically, you, I'm sure, saw Godzilla versus Mothra or perhaps Godzilla against Mothra. Because by the time, you know, in the 80s or 90s when this was being re-released, obviously Godzilla was much, much more huge oh, yeah. <laughs> of, a, of a draw than he was here in 64. A lot of... <laughs> 
What a very interesting title. West Germany, what are you doing to us? Godzilla and the Prehistoric Caterpillars is another title. Godzilla and the Mothra Challenge in Spain. <laughs> Italy, Italy's title is Watang in the Fabulous Empire of Monsters. Mothra meets Godzilla in Sweden, and maybe this is the best. Usually, Germany has the best titles, but the the Netherlands title is Panic in Tokyo, colon, Godzilla and the Monster Mothra. Panic in Tokyo is going to be our, our band name. <laughs> oh, boy. Miles, these titles are pretty, pretty fun. I, I like Panic in Tokyo a lot. Panic in Tokyo, yeah, Godzilla versus <laughs> Monster Mothra. So good. So, th- yeah, this this one to me is one of the quintessential versus movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it has one of the best. I mean, this, this really is a sequel, a sequel to Mothra, because it, it's almost all the, the exact same things from Mothra. It's more mm-hmm. Mothra. This, I mean, really is Mothra epilogue starring Godzilla. Because the, the same stuff happens, you know, this, you have this great typhoon, which is a, a phenomenal opening sequence. Oh, yeah. So good. It, and it's another Subaraya at his absolute peak. Yeah, it's it's masterful. And as a result, this giant Mothra egg washes up. Yeah, we and, get to see that from the storytelling, I think, of the Shobujen later on. And it looks I don't know how they got these effects. I mean, it looks like an actual landslide, you know, a mountain like kind of washing away. Mm-hmm. And then you see the egg tumbling into the ocean. It looks great. <laughs> it looks it looks fantastic. And so basically the 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 fishing company claims it's theirs because it's in their fishing waters. And because of all, all of these typhoons, they have lost a lot of business. Right. And right. so they 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 figured this is in our waters. We have claim to it. So we will sell it to a corrupt business person who wants to make a theme park around it. <laughs> uh, yes. Which is, which is a, a plot point that will return. I think more than once in this franchise. Definitely. We see it in the seventies. Cause I, I do have a, a very, <laughs> a fond Aaron memory of Godzilla. Of, yeah. Yeah. The giant Godzilla like yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah. Statue of Godzilla. Yeah. And I, I mean, why there isn't a a permanent kaiju Godzilla theme park in Japan, I will never know. <laughs> I know they have that that ambassador hotel, that Godzilla yeah. hotel. Yeah, but yeah, yeah there, there's sh- well, no, they they've been making that Godzilla park because I think I've sh- sh- sent pictures of you where like you like zip line into Shin Godzilla's mouth and stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, that. I, but looks I, I just horrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just my my dream park would be just like. Every movie has its own little section and like places where you just sit down and like watch the movie. It's on repeat, you know, all the props. I would love to see like a museum of props. But anyway, uh, well, you, so I, th- I think Toho is open to to the studio to, right. to tourists. Yeah, because they, they have and they, they I, don't, I think they cycle them, but they have like 10 of the Godzilla suits out there and different different things and like a couple of the city, model cities set up. Like, I would love someone to set one up. Like, maybe you have to pay, you know, X amount of money, but that you could, like, stomp around a city. Oh, my goodness. That, that, that's my dream. <laughs> you, you're talking about Kumiyama, the, the owner of Happy Enterprises, played by uh, Yoshibuma Tajima. He's great. He's very good He's in this. Phenomenal. Film. He is so much fun. Oh, we have, he, he was in Mothra as a, 
uh, as a, like a commander of the Japanese defense force. And he was also the captain of a ship in King Kong versus Godzilla. But this is, you know, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm just looking at his. He was also an Adragon as a crew member on the Gotenku. But this he, is, he, he pops up in several of these yeah, movies. And he'll be in a lot of oh. Toho kaiju films from here on out. But this is like our first kind of like big starring role in the movies that we've looked at. He does very good there. And he sells or it goes into business with who I really want to <laughs> focus on here. Kinjay Sahara as the bad guy, as a, a hero Torhata, who I did not recognize because Mm-mm. the man was masterful in this yeah. role. He's so good. He's a, he plays a, a villainous businessman and he's got this very smug attitude, tinted glasses, you know, slick back hair and, you know, a, a, a very nice suit the entire film. This is a very memorable performance and apparently. He, to, to get into the role, he shadowed Japanese real estate brokers <laughs> to kind of like awesome. gain their their ability to be like confidence men and, and their confidence in general. Such a such a great story, and I mean it it worked because he's great in the movie. Every time he's yeah, he, uh, he, he's he's phenomenal. And I mean, there's a reason you will see him. I think until Godzilla: Final Wars, he appears pretty consistently throughout this franchise. For decades, it's it's a a much shorter list than movies that he's not in. <laughs> that Toho, yeah, like, I mean, Toho like, and Honda did. I mean, having just watched Atragon, it didn't dawn on me like, oh, that's the Moo agent. <laughs> oh yeah, and, we get we get to see him and uh, Akihita Hirata he, bare chest journalist. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, that is that. There's there's a lot of great actors. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but the the movie like i said a soft reboot of mothra we have a kind of a similar plot of greedy businessmen trying to take control the the shobu shin but what they've already got an egg they just want to they want more attractions for the yeah kaiju theme park and they're like you know whatever hatches out of that egg we got rights to it we're gonna have it you know you know in a in a very similar vein probably to gorgo it's like you know the kids are gonna come they're gonna throw popcorn at the monster it's gonna be <laughs> my own leg to do it and they i don't know the time scale of this movie but they set up the you know stuff very the greenhouse quickly. <laughs> the thing around the egg very quickly and of course the shobujin the the little cuties played by the peanuts of course are back from from mothra and doing a great job here running from greedy businessmen and can you imagine not trusting what, if it was, what, if, what if it was the peanuts <laughs> like Charlie Brown, the gang. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I would watch that movie. That that is their band name, right? Come up, just yes, yes, it is the Peanuts. The it's not the Peanut, it's the Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, it, it is. <laughs> you had me second guessing. I was like, did I just make this up? No, 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 no. I just meant what, what if it's like at the Peanuts as we know the Peanuts. <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> what a bad business deal. Lucy swiping away the football from Godzilla. <laughs> the let's see we we have akira uh, takarada and uh yuriko hoshi as newspaper reporters and photographers and they're they're kind of our main characters taking over you know for kind of equivalent characters uh the business folks from from mothra well and and typically you know reporters tend to be a a frequent hero role in this franchise and 
I honestly think in this one, it's it's so far that we've seen, it's one of the better, I think one of the better attempts because I feel like the characters are a little more fleshed out. They are more present throughout the story. They have their own kind of B plot because there's a lot of moving parts to this story. As again, like I said, it's it's a science fiction Mothra movie that has Godzilla moments. And there's a lot of Godzilla. This is no cameo <laughs> from the Yeah, big no, no, it's it's certainly not a cameo. And it's I mean, he's still the antagonistic force of nature. I mean, Godzilla basically just wakes up in this movie. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. and it's also because we keep futzing around with, you know, nature. <laughs> yes. And we wake up and he doesn't seem too happy about it. Uh, yeah, I guess he was like a little mud bath that got ruined. And, you know, he's just wreaking destruction. I will say mm-hmm. when he first pops up, it's awesome. Very, very cool. Like opening appearance. You get to see his tail whip out of the, the dirt first, which I mean, it looks great. His tail action is amazing in this movie. But it's then he, they immediately the do something really weird. And this is where you know that like, okay, this was also being more geared towards children because like Godzilla tries to whip this tower. His tail gets stuck <laughs> and he kind of like, whoa, trips over and, the, and then the, the tower falls on him. As if it's a, you know, a Three Stooges gag. It's still not nearly as goofy as King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla. No, but it's it's still a little a little wild. I mean, there there are moments where Godzilla has a lot of personality in how he goofs around. But this this was this was an odd choice for me coming off of Godzilla versus or King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. And obviously the prior two Godzilla films. And I, I will say the one problem with the Godzilla stuff for me is I think that back screen work in this one looks really shabby. That is, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it in the, the production side of it or technical aspects later on. But for sure, probably the the most uh, amateurish for a reason. I mean, this is the first film, I think, that AJ Subaraya used this technology on. So, I mean, this is him learning. And that's fine. I'm just saying, as a viewer, it's a noticeable mm-hmm. kind of downgrade in seeing Godzilla stomp around. I get why he's doing it, but I, I appreciate what they did before because, you know, as we saw with the British films, it's really difficult to pull that off effectively. It is hard. It is hard. I really appreciate Hiro Nakajima's work as Godzilla in oh, this movie. Oh, Absolutely. It's a lot less goofy, like I said, than King Kong versus Godzilla. And it, it just the, the the physicality is there. And I think it's back from Gojira where he's more of an imposing figure. And I think a lot of the movement is 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 why we, we have that. And yeah, they just do some some great fight choreography in this movie. Let's talk about its production, including the special effects with Subaraya was uh, Teriyoshi Nakano, who served as the assistant special effects director. And in this movie, we get a new Godzilla suit. I don't I think we do see King Goji suit in a couple of scenes. It's the underground scenes, right? The water scenes in the pool. So we see it a lot from the back. and I think falling off a cliff yeah. later on. I can't really tell. What do you think about the? I, I forget. There's a name for this one. But what do you think about this suit in general? I, I generally I like the suit. I like when Godzilla looks cartoonishly angry. 
Mm-hmm. I I think it makes the, him a lot of fun. The eyebrows, definitely. <laughs> yeah, those eyebrows, like, and and it's something that became a something they would keep on Godzilla for a while, and I I, I appreciate that. This this is what begins, I think, the personality of Godzilla, especially when, once we're transitioning him from the antagonist, which this still works for, to that kind of reluctant defender. And that he will become in us in, in a few films. But this, this is the last film that he's the straight up antagonist of the Showa era. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know I like the suit. I think it looks good. It, you can clearly see that he's got more more movement. The actor has more movement to yeah. to kind of feel a little more natural. And so in, in that aspect, I, I really like it. And I mean, you know, if you realized that, you know, Godzilla does look a little wobbly in this one. The upper lip of that Godzilla suit in this film, that was originally an accident. During the filming of the scene, which makes me think maybe the scene that I didn't like was also a goof, Godzilla mm-hmm. smashes into Nagoya Castle. So Nakajima fell, and the suit's head slammed into the miniature, loosening the teeth and damaging the jaw. But Tsuburaya actually liked this effect and kept the suit like that for the rest of the filming. Yeah, happy accidents, you know. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. this this movie's at, got a couple of those. At parts, it looks like Godzilla is kind of gibbering to himself as he's walking around, just like Yes, it does. Yeah, no, you're you're talking about the suit. It was designed by Tezo Toshimitsu, who I mean, he he's done suit design for Toho, I think, from the original Gojira, and he'll continue working for them through like Space Amoeba. But designed this new suit and actually got Haru Nakajima's input. You know, we would come into the studio when it was being designed and, and helped, you know, obviously with like fitting and things like that, but made it much more light than the past Gojira suits were basically just three, 400 pound rubber <laughs> death traps because they, they had like very little airflow and things like that. Made it a lot more lighter, made the actor able to do a lot more fluid kind of movements, fall down very easily and, and get back up, stuff like that. So, yeah, this was this was created a couple months prior to shooting. And they also made new props for Mothra, which surprising because they don't really dis- they destroy the, the Mothra prop at the end of Mothra. Right. It kind of just goes down. I think it just goes down. I, I love the look of the Mothra prop for this movie. It looked phenomenal. Yes, it's got some great movements, you know, head, legs, they do everything. And obviously the wings are, are looking good. There's a few scenes that I, I dislike that they chose to sped up as much. Um, yes, in order I, to I, I, I agree. Make it look a little more fluid movement. But the, the prop kind of stands for itself. It's massive. <laughs> they also had a lot of good. I, there must have some great wire work because there's a there's a scene that. It made me laugh at first because, you know, Mothra, I guess, hit the gym in between movies because Mothra lifts Godzilla and like from by the tail and just starts dragging him. And it's honestly visually a hilarious scene because Mothra doesn't look like she could do that. Oh, my goodness. It's it's my favorite. It's it's my favorite scene in the movie. A hundred percent. It's it's great, but it also looks good. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't look, I mean, it's funny because it's a visually funny, like sight, but like the actual stunt work is excellent. I mean, it really does make me think of, you know, what, what Nakajima was going for, you know, in aping 
Japanese wrestlers and uh, and sumo um, athletes of the time. But well, like, the, yes, the, imagining and- someone like dragging another wrestler across the 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 mat is exactly uh, what mean, happens to Gojiri. He's like, I, I watch I watch AEW every week. This is I've seen this happen. And what what happened to Godzilla is like, what? (laughs) And and that's that's why I always say I want my kaiju fights to look like wrestling matches. And 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 depending on who's doing it and depending on the suits, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And that that was why one of the reasons why you'll hear me enjoy the fight so much in, you know, the more CGI looking movies is because they can do that a little bit more. But yeah, yeah, this this sequence was great. This is the kind of stuff I, I want to see more actual combat in these fights. And obviously, you know, in the 60s and with the limited stuff you could do with the suits, you're not going to have a full on, you know, wrestling match. But it's still pretty good. And I was really impressed with what they were able to pull off with this with this Mothra suit and this Mothra, Mothra puppet. It, it just looked incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. A little bit more, but for the most part, the the suit, the puppetry, and the the acting of of Godzilla and, and the monsters, it's so top notch. It's it is what one of the reasons this movie is considered, you know, high marks for the entire Showa era. And despite it being kind of an early film, like like I said, I think this is probably one of the most successful movies that Inashiro Honda's own viewpoint accomplished what he was setting out to do because it has Godzilla not really a joke kind of character has him as very much the bad guy a menace mm-hmm. and a threat in the movie and also has you know a a very nice melding of the the human plot and showing like the greed of like these businessmen juxtaposed to the people that are you know trying to gather the shobujin and and get the aid of Mothra to to protect it just it, it fires on all cylinders yeah Unless, and I, I think i think that's because they they smartly wrote it as a mothra movie they mm-hmm. also because mothra was you know one of their own creations i feel like they were they understood he already understood the the assignment with mothra and yeah. so they basically just did more of that but let's include a monster fight and what better way than having this force of nature who's born out of the very thing that is even destroying infant island and you know i love this idea that you have these two forces of earth one one who is supposed to be the spirit of the of of earth and one who is basically the um like vengeance result yeah the result of man's hubris and it's it's great i i mean there's a reason this one is is thought about so highly and is often, you know, the one that I would see shown on TV more often. And I think part of what really blows up Mothra's popularity. I mean, yeah, Mothra itself is a great movie. But I mean, just like Rodan, not having a real antagonist force in that film outside of greedy businessmen or, or what have you. It Right. Th- this is, in my opinion, a... A more successful, like I said, in Shir Honda's viewpoint film, even though Mothra is, is great by itself. Mm-hmm. I think this one just does a, a little bit better. I think this is Godzilla really at his his peak as well as both menace and, you know, his starting elements as a, a character himself. 
one last thing before we leave production area, I wanted to mention we have Akira Ifukube doing music for this film. We get a lot of Godzilla's march and <laughs> Godzilla's theme, the the uh, his music in this movie, which is used to great effect. But he also adapted elements of Koseki's score into the movie. So uh, Koseki did the score for the film Mothra because I don't know he. Ifukube didn't feel comfortable making music for the peanuts. I think he was like intimidated by that. So we get a lot of that music and of course the, the Mothra song and Ifukube did produce an original piece for the peanuts, which is the sacred Springs. The, the song, I think when Mothra dies that we see being sung by the, the twins and on infant Island. But yeah, the the rest of those themes are are just from the Mothra movie. And it's, I mean, probably one of the best soundtracks of the Showa era because of that. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic soundtrack. It's it's I mean, there are so many moving pieces. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's that happens so much in this franchise that that, that's perfectly fine. I think for me, where the movie kind of suffers is around about halfway through the human story starts to really grind to a halt a little bit yeah yeah well so they they just can't they keep losing those those two twins the shobujin they just keep disappearing well, so yeah the tiny beauties uh, you know there's that but you know they, they also we gotta follow them to the island to ask mm-hmm. them help and it's i mean there are, it's it's not only is it things that we've kind of seen before but it's also it's done in a way that doesn't feel uh it feels tacked on a little bit compared to the amazing, you know, yeah, it, it just, infant it island scenes in Mothra. You know, it's like we got to go back there because it was very popular in Mothra. You know, yeah, there just there just isn't an agency or, or an urgency to some of that. Even though we're told, just everything's kind of kind of clipping along at a a weirdly middle middle ground pace. It's not boom 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 like we got to get this going. And, mm-hmm. and as a result, the, the film does start to, as I've said with a lot of these, you know, before it does spin, spin its wheels a little bit. Yeah. And, and this is a problem. I mean, th- this comes up a lot in this franchise where the human story does begin to spin its wheels because, you know, they're not going to devote most of the runtime to the monsters fighting. That's that's the, the spectacle that you you're awarded for putting up with the people. <laughs> but and I mean, I think this is a very good human story. Even even if some of it is retreading the first Mothra movie, yeah. But there are parts of it that kind of feel like they have purposefully just kind of slowed the pace, and there's no real reward for that. For the most part, I, I as much as I love all the characters, especially the villains in this movie, they are here to advance plot in a lot of sequences. I agree with you. Going to Infant Island, it's like, oh yeah, Mothra can defeat Godzilla. Maybe <laughs> we got that red that red juice again. But yeah, I mean, going back there really only serves to do give us a couple more, you know, exotic locales and, and, you know, doesn't hurt the movie for that, but it does introduce us miles to the MVP of this movie. You talking about that turtle? Skelly turtle, (laughs) skeleton turtle (laughs) who's in the background for like. 10 seconds of a scene. Yeah. Oh no. It's like, it's a, it's like a 20, 30 second scene. And at first I thought I saw that turtle move. <laughs> yeah, it did. Of course it did. And that's like an, I mean, obviously a decision they had to make. There's a ton of different giant 
creature skeletons on the, the beach of Infant Island, which did they live there or did they just wash up there? Is it something about the atomic testing? But well, yes, this is an infant island essentially just become monster island. I, well, yeah, I think they're technically different islands, but eventually, I think they are too. But that, that's essentially the, the roles that they become. They, yeah, like, they become merged in, in the, the fiction. But yeah, Skelly Turtle is probably one of the most beloved non characters in, in the Godzilla land. I mean, I can't blame no one for loving that little guy. It, it is a supposedly inspired by the Italian documentary, A Dog's Life, which showed this decomposed turtle kind of swaying in the wind. <laughs> and, but yeah, they, it, it looks like it's moving and potentially blinking in the background of Mother versus Godzilla. So that is where we get Skelly Turtle doesn't have an actual name, but I think. Let's see. It it has been, I think, recognized by by Toho in in a few different. It shows up in the comic books. I want to yeah. say, and, and maybe the 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 books about some of these these films. We we talked a little bit about some of our favorite scenes. That tail drag is iconic. It's For, so good. <laughs> the first time we see the atomic fire blast in Mothra, so good. Godzilla falling off the cliff, but. Yeah, thematically, technically, narratively, that the the fight between those two and Godzilla killing Mothra and her laying down on the egg, so good, so amazing. <laughs> it's 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 peak Showa for sure for a lot of folks. And yeah, that ha- that happens at about the hour mark. I think is Mothra's death there about, and then you're like, what is the rest of this film going to be? Mothra is down, you know? Because we know we know that egg is going to hatch. We know it, baby. Well, we get like a good 15 minutes or so of first the military and things trying to take on on Godzilla and some really great scenes, including jet fighters blasting Godzilla uh, ships shooting at him from afar. But so here's 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 the rub with that. mm -hmm. It's a very cool looking scene, as you said, and I agree with you. But this is what the fourth Godzilla movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. So haven't we figured out what doesn't work against Godzilla? Yes. And, and it's the very things that they are using. <laughs> well, and they, they use the electric fence, you know, that has, is a comeback callback yeah. from King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla just like topples it over yeah. <laughs> as he gets zapped. But one of the, the coolest scenes, and this happens actually a couple of times in, in Showa Godzilla movies is when the, the rockets blast near Godzilla, the suit's head catches on fire in, in one scene. Yeah, and of course, that's pretty cool. Haru Nakajima is like a full foot below Godzilla's head, so he's he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't realize it, but it looks amazing. It happens again, I think in um, it happened again in the Showa era. I want to say that the head gets gets lit <laughs> on fire, but I mean that's the thing these these suits really take a beating, which is why I have to make a new one every couple of of movies. Yeah, let's. Let's talk about the the legacy, maybe for this this film, or yeah. Anything- I mean, I was gonna, I was going to save this for you know talking about the you know emotional cultural impact, but I think mm-hmm. the legacy of this film can't really be understated because obviously Mothra has continued to be a beloved kaiju, yeah, for for time immemorial, often sometimes even more popular than than the big G, and this. I mean, this movie was is generally well received by critics. It was it's universally t- tends to be loved by fans as kind of the 
archetype of what makes a versus movie work because this really does have it have it all in a way that King Kong versus Godzilla did not. It's got a great plot mm-hmm. that works even without the monster fights. Like even though that there it does grind to a halt because of how it's written, like the story itself already works, and you have at least decent characters. They're not as as fleshed out and nuanced as as they were in Atragon, but they're good characters. Mm-hmm. And and they're individual characters, which we don't always get a ton of in some of these movies. And not only that, but you have great, I mean, two of the most iconic monsters of uh, in, in cinema history coming against one another for the first time and doing so in spectacular fashion mm-hmm. in a way that I think is satisfying for fans of both monsters. You know, Godzilla kind of gets trapped at the end and you know, doesn't really get killed. You know, he's just trapped and, and, you know, they yeah. pop him, pop him the sea like they always do. And I mean, the final f- fight is, is definitely not the, the draw for this movie that, that hour mark fight between the larva. Yeah. The butterfly Mothra and Godzilla is, is the highlight. Oh, absolutely. I do but, like the, the, the larva biting onto Godzilla's tail, you know, yeah, trying, it, trying it, what, it, the the mother or father <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a great entertaining versus movie and i yeah. think that that part of the legacy cannot be understated because i think without this being so successful because i mean the last one was going to sell tickets no matter what you have t- king kong versus godzilla oh, oh yeah but this one being like really the versus movie i think is what sets it apart and what really kind of establishes what will become the showa era as we know it because this is the last film where Godzilla is the bad guy. And I think there's a reason for that because, you know, by this in point, the Showa era. Yeah. Yeah. Because people love Godzilla. And yeah, you had Mothra, but like now we want to see Godzilla fight other things, which we will do. <laughs> I think this is probably the best fights between Mothra and Godzilla. Like they will come go head to head again a few times in the future, including 1992's Moth Godzilla versus Mothra. You know, of course, now Godzilla gets the the top billing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Thirty years into the the oh yeah yeah at this at this point it's years. it's Godzilla versus no matter what <laughs> yeah so but I mean Mothra will be in in a number of Showa films I think four more three more as as kind of you know a background character we'll see Rodan as well but yeah Mothra becomes a a mainstay I don't think because of that original movie I think. It is a lot to do with this movie and, mm-hmm. I and agree. the meetup. And, but Godzilla gains a lot of popularity too, of course. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's his franchise. Yeah. So. Well, it's it still, it doesn't feel like it yet, but the next Godzilla movie, I think we'll, we'll start to, to change that a little bit. Let, let's talk about our, our ratings for, okay. for this movie. We make a final rating of the film, you know, codifying our thoughts where to place this one in the annals of kaiju cinema history so we each look at this independently rate it accordingly and then combine our scores to get our podcast average and we're looking at personal enjoyment the movie's technical aesthetic achievements and the ripples this movie made in the annals of, of giant monster movie history just how important is this to other kaiju films Let's get to it. Let's get to our examination. What did you think about the personal enjoyment miles? I'm I'm way up there, sir. 
I'm I'm pretty high up there. I mean, I've I've spoken very very highly of this movie. I think it is uh, the archetypical Godzilla versus movie of the Showa era. It, it it establishes what I think a lot of other movies will will kind of take a hint from. It is not my favorite, and it's not the one that I think is the absolute best. But I think it is masterfully executed. And is an extremely entertaining monster mash. So I, I'm giving it a nine out of 10. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. very, very high score. It's not perfect for me, but it is an excellent film. And I think that any, any kaiju fan worth their salt has to at least watch it once. I, I agree with you. I think there's a reason this is considered one of the best of Showa. It melds some of the goofiness, some of the seriousness, the fun, the color. And the terror of the giant monsters, like we see a lot of people running from Godzilla, you know, throughout the film and the, like the just sense of the impending disaster lumbering towards you is, is so good. It, it's probably one of the early Showa era. So maybe like before 1969 that I would most want to put on repeat, watch multiple times. So, Yeah no matter the version Japanese or English, I could probably have this on in the background and really enjoy any scene I jump into. And it has one of my favorite scenes, I think from the show era when Kenji Sahara's character looks up after getting his face smashed in <laughs> and, and shooting that guy and yeah. sees Godzilla in the distance. That is, that is classic. You know, yeah, sees Godzilla I, I, stomping the, towards God, him. Yeah. Godzilla indirectly giving the villains their comeuppance is wonderful oh we're gonna see that a lot i know but i i never get tired of it Uh, it makes me so happy i i put this right up there as as far as enjoyment goes with the original gojira rodan and mothra i gave this a 10 out of 10 woo for the technical i think i'm with you i originally rated this perfect but i gotta ding this because there are i mean it's far from perfect unfortunately talking about the effects this is the first time subaraya he got Toho to buy him an extremely expensive optical printer, printer the, uh, the Oxbury 1900. It's, it's, you know, it was used in Disney films. It was used in Hollywood. And we get a, a much better looking atomic breath out of it. But yeah, some of those composite shots like you're talking about, the first time Godzilla's head uh, rises up from behind the, the mountain, kind of like in the original Gojira, mm-hmm. just it wasn't in his complete technical control. I, I, this is not my favorite Gojira suit. It is, it looks great though. And Mothra looks great, but the, the miniatures, the script, the acting, almost a perfect outing. So I gave it a nine out of 10. So for, I'm a little torn on this because there's so much that this movie does so, so well. But like I mentioned, yeah, that, that some of those Godzilla background scenes just completely take me out of the movie. And it, it really bothers me. And again, some of that goofiness when he first pops up, like I get, you know, it's being geared more towards children and I'm fine with that. But, you know, he, he just comes out of the earth and has this awesome entrance. And then he goes, Whoa! I wouldn't have mind that if I was that the next scene, but it does kind of <laughs> stifle that a little bit for me. So I, I really did ding it. I'm actually not going to ding it as much as I initially had. I initially was going to give it a seven because I really, really felt strongly about those background scenes. But I'm, I'm going to, I'm still going to ding it, but it, I'm giving it an eight because 
yeah. So I, much I, of the movie looks amazing. I, I, yeah, I put it up there the same as the technical on 54's Gojira. It's like, it's so good for its time. It is so amazing. It's really Superaya doing the best as can with the tools as disposal it is not perfect and we will see perfection i'm sure in in some other kaiju films but i'm sorry yours was an eight an eight yes okay. and for where this stands in kaiju cinema history the evocative nature of this film for many this is the height of the showa era i i do like to divide it into like 60s and 70s kind of showa because this is so thematically and kind of narratively different from a, a lot of the just like the big monster, you know, action figures smashing together that we're going to see later on. I do think this is pretty close to the perfect versus formula that we're going to see more in the the 90s versus series. We're going to see a very similar kind of formula put into effect there, as well as in the next two Godzilla movies in this series. Yeah, so for where that stands, I think this one probably deserves even a higher score than Godzilla uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So I gave it another 10 out of 10 near close to perfect score for me, but not perfect. I am also giving this a 10 for legacy cultural evocative. Mm -hmm. Many do consider this uh, as to be one of the best of the Showa era and, you know, the definitive film, as I, as I said earlier, I don't necessarily agree with that entirely, but this film's reputation and legacy is as the first great versus film. And it absolutely is a great versus film. Whether or not you think it's the best of the Showa era is up to you, but it's still, it sets the stage for versus films that will come afterwards. This is it's certainly an exemplary example of what a good versus film does. And, you know, yeah, like, like you said earlier, this establishes really, I think, the popularity and longevity of Mothra as well as Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And yeah, 100%. This is in terms of reach. It's, it's, it's a 10, 100% a 10. That makes our final podcast score not quite perfect, but close to it, a 9 out of 10. I am perfectly happy with that. I, yeah. I think this movie definitely deserves to be a nine. That's where we put Mothra. So it's the other nine in the, in the series so far. I don't think it's going to be our last nine or ten. I think we're going to get get. Oh, in the in the sixties, yeah, yeah. I I can think of at least one movie that will probably get a a full ten from me. We'll see. But yeah, boy howdy, good time. I'm I'm so glad to finally get back and watch this, watch the the Criterion release of this movie. And that might be part of it too, is like watching these in in. Certain ones that are kind of like using different technology for the first time, mm -hmm. watching in high definition isn't always the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas in some movies, it does help to like, oh, man, I wish I could have seen this in high definition. Uh, like we talked last week about the, the great scene at Atragon where the, the agents are rising from the water as, mm -hmm. as is part of the Mu Empire. I would have loved to see that cleaned up in high definition. The, the background stuff of Godzilla – it does not work in high definition as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. Probably looked great on the silver screen years ago. And it's one of those movies that people will have fond memories of seeing live. Fortunately, I'm just watching it on my my TV screen <laughs> these days. But maybe one day we'll we'll get to the the 60th anniversary of this movie in uh, in two years. And we'll go to a theater. We'll watch it together. 
but love that. Right. So that's that's going to do it for us. Where where can folks yell at us about our our imperfect review of this film? Nowhere. You can't <laughs> yell at us at all. We don't have uh, but, any social media. <laughs> but you can follow us on Twitter at Kaiju versus History. You can email us with any of your comments, concern, or kaiju facts at kaijuversushistory at gmail.com. And you can go to kaijuversushistory.com to get ready for the next installment of our march to the annals of monster movie mayhem. So thank you, Patrick. And thank you, listeners. We will catch you next time when we step back from Godzilla and take a look at another unique Ishira Honda movie. That's right. Next week, tune in for History versus Pogara. <laughs> <laughs>